Okay. All right. Everybody, welcome back. It is all about reality, and tonight we have a very special guest on the program, the lovely co-host of 1JJ, Zacharyson from Living the Stream and other fame, Denny Carter. Welcome to the program. Thanks, guys, for having me, and, and I'm, I'm always happy to be referred to as lovely outside of Living the Stream, which doesn't happen all that often, honestly. Well, in fairness, I have to say, but, but before, I need to get this out of the way. Um, you are one of the pods that I've listened to the longest at, at my leisure, and I've always been slightly nervous because we both live in the same area and have enough overlapping interests that I yeah. was worried I would have one of those awkward moments where I see you in public and have known about your like jokes for so long and like kind of know your voice. And I would want to like say something to you, but I would yeah. lead with something overly familiar and then just be ashamed and like things. <laughs> so now I'm happy we had this moment with Goody where I could actually be like, hey, you were on the pod that one time and we. Yeah. Right there, you go. Yeah, like like less socially awkward. When I'm right now, now I won't uh, spray you with bear mace. Right, exactly. <laughs> I've tried to avoid that in my adult life. <laughs> he, may put, he may put you in a cryogenic tank, though, and like frostbite your feet. So. I mean, that's all the rage. That's all the rage right now. It is yeah. so. Well, listen, gentlemen. Like, Denny, before we go further, I mean, you have kind of a unique place in the industry, and and uh, many more people like know of you and like have seen you online and and uh -huh. like leading the world to truth and beauty and goodness <laughs> and all that. So, where should people go looking for their stuff if they if they like your unique brand of presentation here? When they hear oh man, uh, I I uh, I push so many things on people. I sell so many things to people that I I, I kind of forget, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's at CD Carter 13 on, on the Twitter machine. Uh, I have several fantasy football books available on Amazon. Um, I have, um, a political satire book on Amazon. So, um, there's a, there's a lot, I, I'm never at a loss for things to push on people, including draftdayconsultants.com, which is a site that I run, especially this time of year that connects people with, um, uh, fantasy analysts who can, you know, virtually sit with you during your draft and, and got, kind of guide you through that. Yeah, uh, which is a good segue, actually. I think we, we, Luke and I would like to throw our hats in the ring for that. If you, yeah. need, a, if you need a reality sports online specific correspondent, Luke and I in the, our podcast league last year, we somehow managed to go 15-0 and, and defeat everybody in grand fashion and, and win. So, And this is while we were podcasting, we were telling everybody who we were picking and, right, and right. who we liked in the auction. So it's like, yeah. hey, the fastball's coming. See if you can hit it. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, listen, hey, if, if uh, people are coming to me with RSO questions and, and, and requests, then uh, I'm coming to you guys, uh, obviously. Sounds good. And that's actually nice. why – there's a couple of reasons. It's been much like a Goody was in a division with JJ and Scott Fishbowl and, and continue to go to Fantasy Cares and everybody, all our listeners go out there and support that. For some reason, uh, Denny and I have been in the same division in back-to-back -back years. I don't know if Scott Fish knows something about our relationship that we don't <laughs> like or something. Yeah, um, yeah I, I actually, I'm put in the same league with, with you, same division with you and my uh, parody account, uh, Kenny Darter. Right. And this year, there's even more parody accounts in our division. So I just felt like I was just with Denny and people parodying you like <laughs> as, the, as the evening went along. And it was, I, I didn't know if I should encourage that or, or defend you. I, I was just at, an, at a loss, just drinking and drafting as we went along. So, yeah. um, so tell me about that. You, you've grown to a sufficient, uh, I guess, like this like weird monolith on Twitter now that like you, people parody you. And so... Um, I, I did have a question for you before we get into the real yeah. fantasy talk. If one of your parody accounts was revealed to be someone you knew and loved, whether uh -huh. it be like JJ or a family member, 
who would be the most jarring for you if they like were like surprise it's been me the whole time like who would throw you the most and cause you to tilt a little bit like uh probably uh probably my strange wife uh okay. that would be that would be one for sure no i uh uh for, for real though if i had a friend who had been running one of these accounts for years and years and then one day was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I run that account. Or, or, or if this person ran like several accounts, I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing that there are people who run several of my parody accounts. I don't think it's all like individuals. Um, but if, if that were revealed, I think that uh, I would need to be maybe shipped to the hospital uh, as, <laughs> as, as quickly as possible. Because uh, uh, it, it would, A, it would, it would tell me that why the, the parody was so on point. I mean, it, 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 you know, it would give me that information. Uh, but it would also feel like, like I've been talking to you, like I, like I've been talking to you this whole time, and you haven't, you haven't told me why did you do that? You're weirding me out. Are you gonna, are you about to murder me? You know, that's the sort of thing. And Goody, you have to follow this stuff. It's very funny. I, Denny's very self-deprecating. I picture more than one person sitting around in a craft brewery somewhere, like <laughs> firing against him. Actually, like out, out on, on your left coast, and like in one of those other time zones, just like. Yeah, it's very, very possible. I do live in Seattle, the passive aggressive capital of the world. So there you go. <laughs> I, I've never heard it called that. That's that's uh, good to know. Like in it's the future, like, definitely so. the case. So well, that, that makes sense because you all are so nice up there in the Northwest. You can't really be nice. I mean, you just have to be. It's right. keeping it all in. Yeah, it's ni nice to strangers, and then you know, and then the, like people you know. That's like that's who you're mean to. So. Yeah. So. So Denny, you're not all just like uh, like jokes and rainbows. You're a successful fantasy analyst in your own right. You've written books and, and you lead people to like kicking success in particular from what I understand. But tell me about your favorite format. Like what do you, what, what if you could pick a league to construct and like what, what, kind of, what kind of format do you like to play? What kind of draft do you like to do? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I wish I had some like uh, really uh, interesting creative answer. I, I just really like playing in uh, traditional one QB, but give me, give me the three wide receivers and the flex and make it PPR. Okay. That to me, I feel like I, well, I guess I like it because I feel like I have a grip on player values in that sort of format more than I do in almost in, in any other format. I mean, I can adjust. We, you know, we must adjust the ranks, but we also, you know, the, like if it's standard scoring and you can only score, you can only start with two wide receivers, you have to, you know, you, you have to make some tweaks in how you approach a draft. I don't particularly like making those tweaks. So that, that's, the, that's the kind that I like. Lots, one that where I can draft lots of receivers and, um, and lots of people are fantasy, fantasy relevant because of the full PPR scoring. It makes sense. I mean, you you are a deeply conservative person, from what I can tell. So liking the old school seems to fit with that uh, persona a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I assume your team defense and kicker in said format too. Like you, do you like those? those no, things? I don't. I don't. I don't like team defense. I, okay. I I I feel like that is no. I don't feel like I know it is such a volatile position. It doesn't really reward good players it doesn't reward good process you know that i think that that's all you can ask for is you know positions and formats that reward the best players you know the players who uh, establish a process who go through with it and are not overly focused on the results but then you know get the good results because because that because of the re rewarding factor because those formats reward it defense is off the charts unrewarding right i mean it, it, 
you know, you, you can have perfect process every week on living the stream and score two points on, on defense every week. Very good. And speaking of good process, and, and I think we should segue here and get some of this RSO and some of this, this draft day consulting from you. In the Scott Fishbowl, which is a super flex league and a tight end premium, and so it has a few tweaks thrown into it, um, it's not an auction element. And so we were forced to draft in a 12-team division, and we were forced to draft up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, Goody, you, I, I've given you some of, of what, what Denny's team looks like. And his three quarterbacks are Winston, Dalton, and Jimmy G, which is a nice haul in a, in a super flex league. Um, in, in RSO, and both you gentlemen can talk about this for a minute, in RSO, both Winston is going for about $8.5 million per year in a two-and-a-half-year contract. Jimmy G, Jimmy G is going for $9 million in a two-and-a-half-year contract. Given their respective strengths and weaknesses, right, and you, I'll let you two speak to those, um, I, like, I mean, obviously, I like both those guys as starters this year. Is there one or the other that if you were actually building an RSO team, you'd be more comfortable with uh, this year and beyond, Winston and Jimmy Garoppolo? So I'll... Uh, Goody, I'll go with you first, and then we'll see what Denny has to say about that. Would you prefer Winston or Jimmy G this year and beyond at roughly the same price and the same contract length? Right. For, for me, I, I do own a share of Winston in a, in a super flex league and reality sports online for you know more cost than that. And I have him, I think, for two more years. I, I think in this case, the one unknown with Winston is that he's he's not really under contract after this year, and you know, in in real life. So, I mean, I think all things are pointing to this year him being set up very nicely with, you know, in theory, the ascension of Chris Godwin, who I just looked up as going for insane dollar values in Rally Sports Online's offseason darling. But I think if I'm looking at this over the long haul, I I think I'd rather um, plant my flag with Jimmy G. And and I and the reason being, I know he's coming off ACL. I just think that there's there's less risk in there, and and you know with it, with as much upside, you know, as as Winston has. For sure, and in, in reality, this uh, in on Reality Sports Online, these in a Superflex league, each of these contracts would probably be doubled. Like, just it's unscientific, but that's usually what we see. And so they were they'd be closer to twenty million a year for sure. So, Danny, how about you? Like, if you were playing in a contract league where you had to, like, load these guys up at auction, which one would you actually be paying that price for, do you think? Yeah, I think Matt makes a good point about, uh, you know, Jameis Winston not being on a contract after this year. And and just generally, he he seems like a really – I know I already used the word volatile, but a volatile uh, prospect, a volatile quarterback. I mean, he's he throws a lot of picks. I mean, he has a lot of blow-up games too. Um, but I feel like there's a lot less – guaranteed with him than there is with Garoppolo and San Francisco it, that that seems like the the more stable far more stable situation to me uh in San Francisco so I I would go the same way I think that's awesome now I said this was a tight end premium league and one of the better picks in your draft was Evan Ingram who's kind of a consensus top six or seven guy this year a lot of people are really comfortable with him and love the target volume that's presumably headed his way mm-hmm. and you got Evan Ingram uh, pretty late in the draft, and he's coming in in RSO at 9.4 million again over a two and a half year span. So there's some rookie contracts and some startups where he you can't buy him in a rookie contract, uh, which are price controlled in RSO. Uh, Denny, would you be comfortable spending like you know roughly 10 million of your 188 million cap and rolling out Evan Ingram as your starter? Do you think in a, in a league for for what for one season? 
Yeah, or two yeah. and a half. Yeah, like I mean, he's a yeah. young guy. I mean, I I don't think those years daunt me. I kind of like having him under contract for a few years, actually, in the RSO format. So. Yeah, same here. That's uh, I was going to say the same. And uh, yeah, I I I think I'm comfortable. You know, I um I do these uh, fantasy equity scores every summer where I look at a player's uh, um, floor and and their ceiling, uh, and you know, this year I'm I'm going to have those equity scores out hopefully next week. Uh, but uh, Engram scores really well with the equity scores this season. And it's, it's, it's due in part to the potential. I think that his upside is, is linked to that potential for volume, you know, and, and, and what else can we ask for when we're talking about well, any, any position really, but especially tight end, you know, a low, a low volume touchdown reliant type of position. And I think that Engram can, can deliver value without, you know, scoring a ton of touchdowns um, in, in that offense, which honestly, you know, Golden Tate, if, if he's out for the first month um, and obviously Beckham being gone, you know, Engr- Engram's going to fall into some targets uh, no matter what you think of him. And is this a guy that you loved? I mean, it's tough to say you target guys beyond the first couple of rounds and Scott Fishbowl just because the art, the, the draft yeah. values and the draft positions were all over the place in, in your division and JJ's division, Matt, in, in our division. It was Ingram a guy that you were targeting or you were just happy he fell to you where he did, do you think? Like- I, yeah, I, I didn't expect to get him. Uh, and, and he just kept dropping. The tight end, the tight end run w- w- kind of stopped, I think, in like the third round. There was a lull. People started to snap up receivers. And he was just kind of sitting there. And I knew it was, it was a now or never situation in the, at that point in the draft. Uh, if I wanted him, I knew I had to take him. Uh, because the format rewards tight end scoring so much, I, you know, I thought uh, it, it might not suck to have to roll out Ingram every week, you know? Yeah. Goody, and we haven't talked about this. Do you have Ingram as like a top six, seven guy this year? I haven't actually heard your take on him. Oh, sure. Um, first off, can you inform me where he went in the Scott Fishbowl, approximately what round uh, in, in that league? Do you know? That's well, tough. It, it went in the fifth for me. Fifth, okay. Yeah, I, I think I got Ingram in the sixth in, in ours. And I, I I basically think that it, from everything I've seen, including Scott Fishbowl, including the RSO prices that we've seen in auctions so far, he seems to be in the Hunter Henry, um, O.J. Mm-hmm. Howard tier, basically. Their, their salaries are almost all the same. So like $9, $10 million a year, two-and-a-half-year contracts. Um, I I'd certainly put him, and and I, the Scott Fishbowl happened before the Golden Tate suspension, before Sterling Shepard got hurt the first day of practice. I mean, this isn't like a, a down the field supreme offense there, and his splits with without OBJ in the last couple of years have been really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of upside, you know, especially in tight end premium league and RSO league. I you know I, I I'm certainly comfortable paying you know half the price of a Zach Ertz with you know not that much different opportunity in theory yeah you tiered him nicely there denny go for it yeah yeah, yeah so that i just want to say that i was looking at the splits that you mentioned matt and the splits without obj ingram gets an average of uh like 8.2 targets a game which uh comes out to you know one of the league leaders um in recent years yeah that'll look nice so i mean what do you guys think, Goody? If you have to pick between one of those three guys, is Ingram your pick? If you like, you know, I mean, if we're in a startup draft, you you can draft any one of them. So is is yes. he the guy you're going after? Uh, me or Matt? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Danny, and then we'll go. Yeah, get I honestly, I I value Hunter Henry. Uh, if if it's for the if it's for the same price, I I would I would want Hunter Henry or even slightly more. 
um, just because he's in a he's in a better overall offense, a better situation. I know Daniel Jones didn't look terrible the other day, but the t- potential is there for just just absolute misery in the in the uh, passing game for the Giants. So I think I I would go Henry, but I do like Ingram over Howard. All right, I. And I, I push like I, I, I think I'm too invested. I think I've gone a little all in on Howard, despite being very nervous about their quarterback situation. I, I, I fell too much into coach speak, and I love Arians a little bit. But I, I'm a believer in Howard. But the more I keep looking and looking back at that team, mm-hmm. like I, I just, I, there's so many good players for him to throw to, and I'm worried that any given week, like. Howard is not going to be getting those targets, but we'll right, I it kind of I don't know how you guys feel about um, you know the the role of tight end in Bruce Arians' offense ha- haven't hasn't really been super productive because they haven't had a ton of opportunity. Now, I, I as JJ has said many times, that doesn't mean that OJ Howard is going to be dismissed by Bruce Arians as as a pass catching option. Uh, but the lack of history does does give me some pause as far as opportunity. And no doubt O.J. Howard could do a lot with 120, 130 targets. Could, do, could be could be the the tight end one with that. But is he going to see that? I, you know, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, and I feel like I'm about to get outvoted here, right, Matt? You're a Hunter Henry guy too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I am a Hunter Henry guy. I do like the offense better. So I I would if I was if I was rating these three, I think Denny and I would be in accordance basically i would go henry one uh ingram two and then howard three very good now let's talk i mean the strength of your team that are you could make a claim to have the best wide receivers in scott fishbowl for sure like i mean we we, let's not play with that because like you're gonna like you will get some deserved mockery for your running back room in a minute but like your wide receivers are unbelievable so um you started with julio and obj and aj green and ty hilton and Lockett, and Fuller. Like, I mean, you're, you're going to be starting guys that other people are starting in, in your sixth spot that other people are going to be starting in their two spot. Like, that's just the reality of how your team looks. So. <laughs> right. It's, it's yeah, just, just let's, let's just skip over the running back part then. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We'll stay here. We'll stay here. So No, I'm kidding. Um, so, the, so, as you might imagine, that Julio and Odell are, like, two of the priciest guys in reality sports online. They're both, like, over three-year contracts on average and the longest you can give to a player is four years mm-hmm. and they're both averaging over 30 million per year um if you were actually constructing a team in an rso auction room mm-hmm. do you think you would be comfortable dropping 60 million or more of your cap of your 188 million on those two guys and mm-hmm. building that way like is that is that a way you tend to build your teams when it's your choice and you're not just being forced into it by runs on positions and stuff yeah Ah uh, man, that's a that's that's difficult because that is a ton. Uh, how much did you say it is? So the, between each of them are roughly around thirty million, give or take a few, like a little bit more usually. So close to like sixty, sixty-five million probably for both of them. So, yeah, I mean, I I want to say I want to say yes. I I mean, you're you're talking about you know two two guys who through full season when they play full seasons uh are just amazingly productive even without like a spike in touchdowns it, you know that that's just icing on top of the cake or however that phrase goes um so yeah i think i think i would stick with that <laughs> i like the the icing on the cake phrase is the one that troubles you you like you do this like a lot like so um but goody um we so you heard that list of guys aj green is going at 17 and a half million for two and a half years 
he and obviously he has some foot troubles now. I still love the pick. I know you liked him in Scott Fishbowl and picked him too. That, that's good. Va- that's really good value considering guys like Godwin are going for thirteen million a year. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then listen, Ty T Y Hilton is nineteen million for two mm-hmm. and a half years. Lockett mm-hmm. is almost thirteen for almost three years, and Fuller is about eight million. So the, out of those six guys, again, it's just a great wide receiver room. Is there, Absolutely. Is AJ Green the value that stands out to you, like as being less than Ty Hilton, or do you are you are you going to advise our listeners to pay up for Julio or Dell? Like, what 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 would you say is like stands out to you as good value out of those, or more than more than one piece? So, I mean, honestly, almost almost all of them. I I I I think that regardless of how Denny's team does, he's going to have a lot of fun watching, you know, those weeks that those receivers like explode and, and there's going to be a week where, you know, he, he's going to crap fantasy points basically, because like you just have, those guys are all like deep threats, high volume guys. You know, you got a guy like Will Fuller, who's the supreme high variance guy. If he could just stay healthy for an entire season, I, I mean, maybe he, maybe he's the best value of every, of everyone, honestly. Listen, I between Denny for getting icing on a cake and you talking about crapping fantasy, we need to work on our metaphors here, gentlemen. Yeah. Like, let's get let's get it together. But I tend to agree. But I also, and I, I I should say this because we should give some love and credit where credits due. Denny's like tilt montages at the end of living the stream are one of my favorite things. They're just so good natured and so funny. So if you think Denny has fun while he's watching his fantasy teams, like you need to go and listen to a few of them. Like that's uh, not that's not what I anticipate in his future. So. I mean, he probably agonized, but I think that's part of the persona. I think when the actual games are played, I'm guessing it's a different story. Yeah, you, no, you're right, Matt. You know, the the tilt montage is is mostly just me steeped in misery and. Um, because people, that's when people find funny people. That's, that's what they want. The the last thing, listen, I've tried, I've tried to do tilt montages where I'm like super happy and I'm yelling and I'm running around the house and you know, my guys are blowing up and then it just, I, I can't, I can't be funny that way. So the only way I can be funny is to be like, you know, we're, we're trapped in a, a hellish simulation and, and my, all my players are, are done for the day. Um, uh, but uh, I, I'm glad you enjoy them anyway. Oh, for sure. And um, we'll do a quick note before we like hear from our sponsor, but like the, um, speaking of hellish simulations, uh, the, <laughs> your running back room uh, currently, <laughs> is currently led uh, by a player I've admittedly long loved. I've, Matt knows of this. I, the, my favorite team drafted him on the day I proposed to my wife. Adrian uh, Peterson is, I would argue, your best running back. You might argue Deion Lewis is your best <laughs> running back. I, either way. Um, it, or, and then you do have a couple of Green Bay running backs not named Aaron Jones and then Benny Snell and some other – is there and, – and RSO auction value aside – just give the people what they want. Who are you yeah. going to be starting in your two running back slots week one? That's a great <laughs> question. Listen, that's a great question. And what, what I'm going to need, uh, NFL, what I'm going to need is for all those starting running backs to get injured immediately. <laughs> that, that, this is what I need for, for Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I'm set. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to have <laughs> – well, I see Ty Montgomery on my team. LaShawn um, <laughs> McCoy, who probably won't, won't even be in Buffalo in, in week one. I. Oh God, who am I starting week one? I guess Deion Lewis and I guess Peterson, right? I I I don't I can't start I can't start Booker. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ugly. It's ugly. But it's funny, it's funny because when you go really wide receiver heavy, 
uh, and you post a team on Twitter, and people are like, oh, man, your running backs are rough. I'm like, of course they're rough. Of course. I, I'm, I'm scraping off the bottom of the barrel with the running backs. Yeah, and I have to – I will grant you this. Like, there was our, – our division, every division has a weird quirk. And this year the weird quirk was – everybody just kept jumping rounds ahead of ADP for running back. So even like good later round guys that people want to take swings at, we're just like, we just get sniped three and four picks ahead of you. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like that, yeah. It was quite yeah. funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And, and listen, as long as we just don't talk about the fact that Nick Vanette is my tight end too, in, uh, in Scott Fishbowl, yeah. that, that'd be great if we didn't mention that. I, I, we don't have to worry about that. I assume that you'll be able to pick a tight end two off the waiver wire if Ingram starts most of those. So we'll leave that. We'll go to sponsor for a minute and then we'll come back to you guys uh, on the flip side. All right. We are, we are back. Um, with us again is, is Denny Carter joining us from Living the Stream and many other publications. Um, Denny, very good insight. So far, uh, I want to pick your brain about a player specifically coming back from injury who has a pretty prominent role on, on, in their team's offense, um, at least in the real NFL, and then seems to make the splits with his quarterback better, and that's um, Cooper Cup on, yeah. on the Rams. And Cooper Cup is going um, kind of surprising to me, but his, his, con his average contract value is 2.6 years and $36.5 million in Rally Sports Online leagues or 13.4 million a year. And, um, you know, obviously you just heard like, you know, like a guy like Julio or Beckham go for 30 million a year. You know, some of the guys like an OJ Howard type, you know, those tight ends were going for about 10 a year. Do you think that's the sweet spot for cup? Um, would you be a buyer or seller at, at that price? And what are you expecting out of him this season? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's attached to, uh, you know, high octane, a high volume offense, uh, and when he's healthy, he's he's a a key cog in that in that offense. Uh, so I think I think it's not, it sounds fair. Although I, I am a little surprised that maybe you're not getting a discount because of the injury. It's a pretty serious injury to come back from. Also, he's not super young. I mean, he's twenty twenty six years old, I think. Um, so it you know is it, not he's not one of these guys who comes on and starts being productive at twenty one years old. And and uh, you know we know how that goes in 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 football and fantasy football. Uh, so I think, I think it, it might be a, a little bit on the rich side, but I, I don't hate that price. Very good. Yeah. That's, and it's interesting when we talk about injury, there's a couple other ones that are obviously the name that's at the top of everybody's mind right now. Todd Gurley's injury can at least, has at least opened a buying window and whereas you could not touch him for a couple of years there. And you're, he's still going to cost you at least a couple of years and he's averaging over $30 million per year. Could you, would you, go buy him at that price if you if you had the could you stomach that kind of risk with Todd Gurley do you think man I don't know I I don't think I could stomach much risk with a guy who just seems so risky right now I mean just from the what the team says that the, the moves made by the team over the past whatever nine or ten months uh you know the the re reports the the thing that freaks me out is that the reports are, are that you know one week he might get a, a, a somewhat heavy workload and then the next week pretty much get the week off or, or something close to it. And that, and you know, we're not going to be able to, to know that a, a lot of times, sometimes maybe, sometimes we might be able to guess that. Um, but I, I just feel like you can spend your money in ways, you know, that, that on, on more reliable players, uh, even, even in, in slightly worse situations, because it doesn't get better than, than the Rams, honestly, the running back for the Rams, you're going to want 
whoever's taking that backfield uh, workload. Um, but it's too much risk for me, I think. Well, about half the risk then. Damian Williams is coming in at $17 million per year in, in a couple of years. Again, a really great situation um, in the Kansas City backfield. He's got a much less severe injury, but he seems to have annoyed uh, Andy Reid somehow by getting like, like a hamstring pull or something. So would you be comfortable dropping that on Damian Williams uh, at $17 million? Since we know that you don't like running backs at all, apparently, would you be co- comfortable spending that for a running back? Uh, yeah. Um, so, so how much was Gurley again? So Gurley's like any top running back like that is typically going to be, especially to start up, is typically going to be like between 25 and 35 okay. million, depending on running back scarcity in a league and how long the league life cycle has gone, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah so, so Williams will be anywhere from, or just consider about 10 million cheaper. And that's about where you're at. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, um, a guy like Williams could probably, you know, possibly not be on the team next year. I mean, he's, he's in a, a situation that, that seems like it's shaping up into something of a timeshare, according to Andy Reid, according to other Kansas City coaches. I, I, I just don't – I think that if you're going to sink your money into a running back, you want someone in a more stable spot. And uh, Williams was never – I don't think that Williams was ever in a really stable spot. I, I don't hate Damian Williams, according to his redraft ADP, but I just – I feel like um, – all the all the happenings of the past couple of weeks are not quite as shocking as as some might think. Fair enough. And Goody, you uh, there the another guy that is much more stable, as Denny alludes to, is Mark Ingram. He's got a contract from the Ravens. It's a stable franchise. They have they need his presence there in the room. It seems even with Justice Hill being drafted, and he's only coming in at thirteen million for per year for two years. Is that a contract? Is that the kind of contract you want to build a team around? Sure. Sign me up for that. I, I mean, especially if I've spent a bunch of money in, in some of the other positions, if, if Mark Ingram's my running back one and I go, you know, kind of like a James White type as a running back two in a PPR league, then I, I, I like that a lot. Very good. Especially, in, especially in, with, with the share in that offense and the commitment to the run, not, you know, not a bevy, I mean, younger receivers. So that there may be a learning curve with that, even though for good good reports about like miles boykin already but uh, yeah I, I i like that a lot i think you know mark ingram has a chance to be a three down back i think you know i think gus edwards showed enough to to get you know a handful of carries a game too I and mean, he was averaging like six yards a carry and lamar jackson's clearly going to be running the ball too yeah and Denny, some people have called you the Antonio Brown of uh, fantasy football, <laughs> and uh, he is, is going for three years and about $25 million per year at this point. Um, would, yeah. you, would you side with him and his uh, 10-year-old helmet at this yeah. point on your, on your team? Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, they do call me the, the AB of fantasy, although I haven't cryogenically frozen my feet in years. <laughs> so that, that's, that's the difference. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the the AB Raider situation seems like a just a train wreck. But it was always going to be a train wreck. Like this is this can't be shocking to anyone. That 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 franchise is so. Again, I'm going to go back to the word stable because for some reason I love that word tonight. I'm, it's that franchise is so unstable, and they bring in the least stable player in the NFL. I I don't know if I if I want to invest anything in him right now, especially 
on the downside of his career. You know, he saved his fantasy season last year by scoring 15 touchdowns. If he had had his career rate, um, it would have been uh, just a downright disappointing season for people who drafted him in 2018. So I, I just don't see much reason to go in on him right now. That's really disappointing to hear because I think, I think one of my favorite fantasy things, if I could just create a fantasy, like, fun moment uh-huh. there, there was a moment on on hbo with one of lebron james barbershop where ab was there but i think they had like jimmy kimmel there too for some reason if i could have just removed jimmy kimmel and had you sitting <laughs> in the room, like i feel like you and ab would have stuff to talk about like he, he clearly grooms himself well puts much more attention into it than, the, than all the guys that you walk around here in the dc area so like i think you guys would have stuff to say to one another about your personal hygiene and your attentiveness to your appearance and stuff like that i get yeah i mean yeah i'm as as everyone knows i spend an ungodly amount of time on uh on, on, on my facial hair and my my hair so yeah i i think that we could uh we we would have something to talk about you know overpaying for grooming uh <laughs> right <laughs> um, you know, dyeing our dyeing our facial hair blonde you know these things that we have in common yeah in in and in seriousness do you think the the instability is one thing and goody you can speak to this too are either of you worried about the like the in, like the injury such as it is like are, do you think he's not going to be good to go and be the player that we've seen uh in the last few years like when the season actually hops off because of injury what do you think matt uh, in my case, I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I I don't know how much hyperbole was added because he was, it was using as a stall tactic to, you know, before the helmet thing came out. Obviously, I, I th- you know, yes. Do I think his feet got fr- frostbitten in the tank? You know, I don't think you could make up a story like that. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think he'll, I think he'll be fine in that sense. I just, you know, you're, you're looking at the, the Raiders offense, uh, just a lot, a lot of different things going in different directions and it's funny because if you say hey i i'll take a guy who's been so consistent and only have to pay him 25 million there is a premium you know there is kind of a built-in cost savings on this volatility right now but three years would would scare me all right guys and and let's pivot just real quickly because we're we're careening towards the end here in a super flex league so many of our listeners and so many of the the rso gms really love the super flex format and there's a lot of great names being thrown out this year. Um, Dak Prescott for the start of his schedule with three perceived, pre- presumably weak defenses or weaker defenses. Lamar Jackson because of historic rushing numbers. Kyler Murray is the wonderkind that everybody loves right now. Josh Allen, who has a similar uh, – like I'm trying to name guys that all have like both this, the rushing ceiling and, and some passing potential. Um, if you had to like pay one of those guys – um, who would it be if you're starting your team at this point, knowing that the franchises they're, they're attached to, let's say you have to assign a four-year contract to them. Um, which one of those guys, based on their situation and talent, are you assigning the four-year contract to? Denny, I'll start with you. Yeah. So we're talking about Jackson, Murray, Allen, and who? And Dak Prescott. And Prescott. Yeah. Um, I guess you won't be shocked to, to know that I'll, I'll say uh, Lamar Jackson here. Uh, I, I, you know, the team has rearranged itself to accommodate him uh, in a way that I think tell, tells us that they are fully, they're fully committed to the Lamar Jackson project slash experience, you know, whatever 
your favorite progressive rock group is. Um, uh, and and uh, uh, so so I, I think uh, that that speaks to it. I think that we can bank on his uh, passing acumen at least at least you know getting a little bit better, improving a little bit as as time goes on. Um, and he has that incredible rushing appeal. Uh, you know, JJ has talked a lot this offseason about how uh, Lamar Jackson has 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 a, has an incredibly stable floor. So there we go, stable again. Has an incredibly stable floor, and then with with the upside of the of of combining that rushing production with just just average, just typical quarterback uh, quarterback or you know passing production. So I think it would be him. Very good. And Matt, how about you, man? Do you agree with that one? Um, not in this case, actually. I, I think that of the list you gave me of Lamar Jackson, Prescott, Murray, Josh Allen, and Rivers, I, I wouldn't give Rivers four years because, you know, by then he'll be running traffic duty as kids' schools or whatever. Um, I, I, I would have to go Kyler Murray. I don't like the size and the frame aspect of it. But if I'm giving four years to a guy, I – in my head, I'm trying to picture like the Michael Vick Eagles Chip Kelly experience right off the bat, mm. kind of the throwing and the running. So someone who could throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and then run for 50 and a touchdown, kind of like what Deshaun Watson does sometimes. And I, I just think Murray's the closest, you know, to that, at least on what that offense at least schematically looks like right now. I mean, what, what, what the downside to someone like Murray, he's small. They don't have much of an offensive line. And I, I mean, theory other than Fitzgerald is going to be retiring soon ish like they don't have a first round drafted receiver too so that could take some time and you know like a format like this listen I don't have much to add I like those two names the most out of the crew too just to put the RSO spin on it I would imagine because of the hype surrounding Murray right now he's going to be a more expensive buy in a startup if you if you are starting there and he obviously would cost the 101 in a super flex draft which is hard to get your hands on too so like Lamar Jackson is more gettable. Like as you go and listen to living the stream. And if you listen to Denny and JJ talk about it, like he has been alluded to a number of times and and that's fleshed out a lot more um, on there. So again, I think those are good calls and I think both those guys are worth going after and perhaps Jackson's a little bit more gettable. And so, Denny, it's been awesome to have you on again. It's been it's it's funny yeah. to finally talk to someone that you've been <laughs> listening to for years. So please keep what doing what you're doing. I think it's a very funny and welcome voice in the fantasy sphere. And to that end, with part of like you, the best parts of your stick is, yeah. are there any kickers that you can point <laughs> us to? And I I can't believe I didn't even do this. This is like one of my things that I love. Uh-huh. Like I love the Vikings so much. Can you pronounce the new Vikings kicker's name? Like I haven't oh. even heard it pronounced. It's like it's like it's amazing. He, and he's actually from like the Nordic countries, but That's like awesome. not really because he's like a cool black guy from the Nordic countries. And I'm, my, I love everything about him. Already. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Uh, well, I I, uh, I was gonna say uh, that I I, sh- I should have spent you know twenty minutes pr- trying to pronounce his name before the right. show. Right. Uh, so, is it something like Kair Vedvik? Like, listen, everybody's going with that now. So you, Kier? it's on you. Like, is it? I, I mean, hey, look, the the Minnesota kicking uh, whoever whoever has the Minnesota kicking job is is appealing in fantasy i i i pushed uh what's his name last year daniel carlson until he was you know uh, uh unceremoniously cut yep um that was great <laughs> you know and uh so yeah i'm on i'm on the vedvik train let's go man 
Awesome. And in truth, are there any guys that you like their season-long arc, like bending towards the justice of a victory? Right. Uh, like so? Yeah, so, so um, obviously the, the, the top kickers are, are kind of on their own planet, and, and you know, the Justin Tuckers, the Zerlines, they're going to be taken uh, before anybody else, and that's fine, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to argue against that. Uh, my, my two things this offseason is warning that uh, Kaimi Fairbairn is due for serious opportunity regression, no matter how much you like the Texans' offense, no matter how much Fairbairn bailed you out last year, because I know he did because he bailed me out a few times, including semi-week, or semifinal week last year when he scored like 23 points against the Jets. Um, uh, so I, I th- I'm fading him uh, as, as, you know, as a top uh, you know, six, seven, eight kicker off the board. I'm not saying he'll be useless, but I just, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant on, on Fairband. Also, uh, the Bucks uh, kicker, uh, Matt, Matt Gay, I think his name is. He is, he's someone who I think I'll end up with a lot of because uh, Bruce Arians kickers have a history of having a lot of opportunity. And that's really the only thing that matters with kickers. Long field goals don't really matter. Um, accuracy doesn't really matter. We're looking for opportunity. I, I, I think we'll see that in Tampa. It's very good. Yeah, he's the young guy, right? They just picked out of Utah or something. Is that, That's right. Is that, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, draft, yeah, they drafted yeah. him, which is another sign that you know they're they're in on him. Of course, the last time we saw that was, uh, well, not quite, but uh, Aguayo, which was a yeah. total disaster. Nightmare. And Goody, for, Goody, from the RSO angle, man, I just mm-hmm. got to ask you: Would you ever spend more than five hundred k on a kicker? Well, I was going to ask Denny that same question. Like, I'm very curious what Denny would say. Like, basically, some of those high end kickers, like the fair. Baron types, Butker, those Zerline, Tucker, they're going for about two and a half years and three, three to three and a half million a year. Is that absurd to you? Would you spend on a hundred eighty-eight million cap? Would you would you just go five hundred thousand, like basically do the equivalent of streaming a kicker for yeah. purposes of the dynasty league or what? I probably I I can't imagine that I would that I would want to. Uh, invest in the kicker position. I, it, you know, I'm a kicker truther. I love, I love the kicker spot. You know, I write about it, but I, I think that, no, I don't think, I know that the, 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 the position, the, the points are largely replaceable that you can successfully stream it. And uh, there's no, there's no real reason to, to, to invest heavily in, in one kicker. Although I, I would spend about $10 million on Vedvik, obviously. Okay, uh, naturally. Well, there you have it, everyone. Goody and Denny have deftly navigated the RSO waters. Um, it's been so much fun to have you on. You're welcome back anytime. And the closing question, of course, then this might be much more up your, up your alley. It's, like, it's a lifestyle question for you. In the event that our world was stripped of this game we call football, and we had to construct some kind of fantasy thing to bring – like our nerdy friends across like the Twitter platform together, what would you build a fantasy game around if in a world absent sport? Uh, um, uh, you know, I'm, lo- I'm looking at my, uh, my ping pong table right now. I'm going to say ping pong. I, I, I want a fantasy ping pong league. I want it to be, <laughs> I, want it to, I want it to reward, uh, you know, uh, aces on the serve. I want it to reward spikes. Uh, I want it to reward, uh, 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 you know, de- defensive stats. You know, let, let's let's get let's get that going. I, I think that that would that could be super nerdy, and people would be could could be really into it. And it would be great for the two years before our robot robot overlords take over ping pong. <laughs> Just like it better than all of us. That, that, that's crazy hey, stuff. Luke, you, you said it. You said it. I didn't say it. You said yeah. it. Yeah. So, well, listen, guys, this has been a blast. Um, 
go look for Denny on Twitter, go buy his draft day consulting services, buy his books. And I can, we do not here on all about reality endorse the political opinions contained therein. <laughs> like we have, no, I have no idea what, what he says. I can't argue that, but, um, but certainly uh, it's been a blast to have you on and thank you for joining us this evening. So, yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Good. Where, where should we go looking for you, man, as we head out? Uh, find me on Twitter at Matt Goody Two. keep the ratings and reviews coming. We still have that consistency guide that we're trying to give away to you guys for doing iTunes reviews, but haven't seen many come by yet. So keep them coming. Very good. And this has been Luke Patrick at fantasy doc. Ock. Another episode of all about reality.